Hi, welcome back to season two of the Engine Room podcast. I'm Millie, marketing manager at Finally and producer of this podcast. This is the podcast where we interview marketing managers from across the manufacturing industry. And with our combined knowledge, we provide you with the best tips and resources you can use to achieve your business growth goals. In this episode, we chat to Scott Humphreys, marketing manager at Midfix. Midfix are experts in on-site and off-site supports for the mechanical and electrical industries, delivered through design, engineering, fabrication and industry training. This episode is so insightful and it's a brilliant introduction to the impact of inbound marketing on manufacturing companies and the importance of putting your customers at the centre of everything you do. Whether you sell directly to consumers or other businesses, every buying decision made is not only logical but emotion also plays a huge part. Throughout this episode, we hear how one book in particular has had an effect on the marketing strategy at Midfix, what the marketing challenges are at the moment, and how Scott and the Midfix team are driving forward with an innovative inbound approach. So welcome back to the Engine Room podcast, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Scott Humphreys from Midfix, and we're going to be talking all things marketing. So thanks for joining me, Scott. Thank you very much for inviting me. So yeah, so obviously for people that listen along, um, these podcasts are all about really just kind of trying to talk and break down the barriers around uh, marketing within engineering manufacturing and, and the sector that we're both lucky enough to be involved in. So I guess my first question, Scott, is just kind of talk me through your journey really, like how did you get to where you get to introduce us as to the role that you're currently doing? Yeah, not a problem. So um, I didn't uh, really start out my um, career in marketing, I suppose if we go back to... Um, my, my school days, um, coming towards the end of my uh, mainstream education, um, it was one of one of those typical dilemmas where I didn't really know where I wanted to go with a career. Um, I think I remember uh, one stage I was I just thought I thought I'd be interested in accounts, and um, believe it or not, which um, thankfully I never went down that road. But um, yeah, I ended up uh, doing um, Liverpool diploma in sales and marketing because again I didn't. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do at that stage, and I, I was um, kind of quite conscious that I probably need to get a bit of experience um, on the on the board before I made uh, too many firm decisions on what I wanted to do from a career point of view. So um, that sort of obviously gave me quite a quite an insight into it. Um, after my level three diploma, I actually went straight into the work environment. Um, so at a, a relatively young age, and I was I was working in a a very small business actually, which was in the, um, the sort of domestic fencing type industry, um, which, whilst um, you know, future prospects of it were sort of wasn't exactly a promising mm-hmm. career, shall we say, but it certainly was a fantastic in the amount of experience that yeah. it gave in terms of um, overall business. And I think that's one of the great things about um, very small businesses is that if you if you come in at a, at a young age, it gives you an opportunity to get involved in, in all areas of the business and um, a bit of experience, a bit of a feel for you know, what you think might be right for you because um, ultimately I think that's what uh, people are trying to get to in careers is, is finding what's what's actually right for them, where they fit, so they're on the, the right seat to be able to deliver the best, best they possibly can. Yeah, and I think it's a great point, so, isn't it, that you actually end up in those smaller companies. You tend to be given a lot more responsibility at a younger stage of your career typically than in large organizations so actually you kind of get to 
dabble in all sorts of areas, particularly in marketing, because, you know, generally marketers get banded in, oh, so you're a marketer, okay, so you can design stuff and do social media and do yeah. paid and, you know, like, hang on, no. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, you, you really, like you say, you really do get a, get that opportunity to get into all areas of, of the business. And, you know, I think the, probably the most um, fundamental experience for me was that uh, level of customer engagement that you kind of forced into because, you know, you're one of, well, in my case, I was literally one of two um, at that time. So, um, but it was, you know, it was an absolutely fantastic experience and it gave me an insight into sales process um, and the, the role that marketing plays in that. Um, I actually then went into a couple of other smaller businesses after that. And again, these were very much um, a bit of a mix of sales and marketing roles. But um, no, I think by that stage, I had a bit of an indication that um, I had a, well, I certainly had a strong interest in in marketing and and um, the difference that I could potentially make in businesses through the experience that I was picking up there. Um, I think one thing I would say is um, go back to them. Whilst I certainly have an interest in marketing, there was probably although I probably didn't know that at the time some things in marketing which were quite typical of B two B because majority of the companies I worked with B two B. Um, didn't quite sit right with with me, if you, if you get what I mean. Um, and I think that's one of the things which has um, really got me to where I am today is is really recognising that marketing isn't just about um, banging your own drum and trying to convince people about how awesome you think you are. Because, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all have a, that uh, bias towards our, our brand and emotional attachment to it and, and fair enough but you know, looking at it through the customer's lens um, it's not quite the same story is it no, so I think that's just, probably yeah. one of the biggest things I've I picked up in the, in those um, sort of sales and marketing years um, that I, one thing that didn't really quite sit right with me was how how many and how easy it was for people to to say we're the best you should come by us Um with little, you know, substance to back it up, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of companies though. do that, though, don't they? It's like, as you say, we're all biased about our own companies. We all think we're great, and, and that's that's good, and we should all be proud of the companies that we're in and a part of. But, you know, what we try to advocate with our clients certainly is around be, building trust and, and basically mm-hmm. the ethos of show, not tell. So show people you're great. Uh, don't tell them that you're great, you know, like let, let them make that decision. Let your other customers advocate for you, you know, so delight your customers and, and they will refer you on or they'll, they'll review you well. And, and, you know, the world obviously has changed sub- significantly, probably even more so in the last few years. I don't want to go into that because you know, it's bored of that section of our lives, but yeah. you know, it has had a dramatic effect. It has had a, particularly from marketing, Definitely. you know, because you know, probably, you know, if you, you think back to when you started, I'd, I'd imagine you're in agreement that, you know, back then sales and marketing teams, not that they were enemies, but they certainly were, um, you know, like, well, no, that's sales or no, that's marketing, you know, like, whereas now, <laughs> really, sales and marketing teams have to be joined up completely. I mean, to, for me, they should work out of the same space if they can, because they are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sales can't operate yeah, without marketers really. and marketers can't operate without sales. So... Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely right. That, that's bang on, and that's certainly something I've I've uh, learned more and more over the last few years. Is 
um, you've got to really be looking through the same lens as one team rather than siloed departments. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's absolutely bang on. So, so um, how does it work so at Interfix just, uh, then? What's your setup there then? So Midfix, well, I actually joined Midfix in 2015. Um, and um, it, again, it was when I initially started, it was a bit of a, a dual sales and marketing role. Um, now, the, there was uh, quite a bit of growth happening in the business around that time. Um, and there were after, um, whilst I sort of got started in the initial setup of, of the marketing team back then, um, yeah, there was marketing happening, but it was a very primitive level. Um, and so when I first joined, even things like getting, getting onto social media platforms like LinkedIn, for example, um, that was kind of things I was, I was dabbling back then. Um, but it was very typical B2B marketing back then in, in 2015. Now, the, like I said, there was um, quite a bit of growth in the business over the next few years. And I, um, about six months after I started, I actually moved over to the like an internal sales role for about three years, which was, um, in terms of experience, learning the industry um, and so on, was absolutely fantastic. And the reason behind it was was purely due to a, a, you know, a resource challenge to try and react to the amount of um, work that was going through. Um, but um, whilst it's not the um, sort of career path I would have chosen, the experience that I learned from, from that in the industry that I now work in, it, it was priceless from that perspective. So it wasn't until actually 2019 that I came into the marketing team full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so then following on from that, um, January of last year, I was given the opportunity to take up the responsibility of the marketing manager, um, due to um, restriction within the business and so on. Um, and that's really where it's um, been a tremendous opportunity for me to try and, um, and act some of the things that I'd, I'd learned over the over the years and continued to learn um, up until that point. Um, so I think one of the one of the biggest changes for us was that change from the outbound message of we are the best. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever I, we say, you've got to believe it because how could you possibly not? Because <laughs> we're telling um, you. <laughs> to, yeah, to really changing the mindset to um, a trust building mindset. And I think, you know, the, the currency of all the decision, buying decisions is really trust, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, and not just assuming the ignorance of the buyer and um, thinking that we can convince them uh, you know, through some sort of fairly forceful language that we're the best at what we do. Um, as much as that might be true, but at the end of the day, the, the, uh, the buyer has to um, have that feeling of it, really. So... Um, it was, yeah, that's really when we started shifting to an, an inbound marketing concept. And I think that was probably accelerated quite a bit um, with, the, with the pandemic happening. Yeah. I don't really want to dwell on that too much. But um, I think the, the way digital transformation um, came into many industries beginning of 2020 was, was quite phenomenal. Um, the industry we serve, the, from an audience point of view, is currently the construction industry, which um, has a bit of a, a legacy of being fairly traditional um, and one of the things that for me which was so noticeable was you know people that you know there might be on site um, 50 year olds for example that would have never have been on social media um, the the only way to actually when the pandemic happened the only way to engage with people you know they had to onboard these 
um, digital uh, mechanisms and, and you know, within a few months we were seeing people that we would have never expected to engage with us through social channels. Yeah, it's crazy, because really. Because of their, yeah, um, because of their, um, get the word I'm looking for, but, you know, profile, age, so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's really accelerated for us, the, the uh, inbound marketing concept. Yeah. Um, and for a period of time, actually, the, the marketing team here just consisted of myself. Um, towards the end of 2020, we uh, unboarded a new digital marketing um, executive, and that was with a particular focus on, on web and SEO because we had a, a lot, a lot of work to do in that area. Yeah, um, which was was a fantastic help, and, and that you know allowed us to accelerate the amount of content we're putting out there um, to, to quite a significant um, degree to what we were previously doing, and. <coughs> Um, following on from that throughout then twenty twenty two, um, you know, we were able to test and, and measure what a um, few different types of content and and how they work and, and demonstrate um, how this kind of trust building like approach from inbound marketing answering people's actual questions, not just what we think they want to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah brutal, brutally honest <laughs> and transparent. Um, and yeah, that that really, um, I guess, dem- helped to demonstrate throughout the organisation that you know, hang on, marketing's not just a asset creation department. No, it's not. It's not just not just convincing people how good we are. It's not even that. In fact, um, it's about trust building fundamentally. Um, so yeah, I think there was a significant changes in the mindset of the company and. I think to go along with that, the company itself has gone through quite a bit of a transformation. Um, aside from just the marketing side of it, um, traditionally it's been a very transactional type business, coming from a sort of distributor model, mm-hmm. um, back at high sell it cheap to a much more um, OEM type consultative approach to the market um, through educating people, teaching people. Um, and yeah, building trust that way. So it really tied in. Um, so would you say well that you've had um, good good buy-in from you know the stakeholders? Then, like they believe in in marketing, obviously, and I guess they've made an investment in both yourself and and the team, and and probably software to support that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in my marketing was one of those topics that um, when we were just a two-person team, we used to bring up pretty frequently with. <laughs> Um, senior leadership um, and to try and get that level of buy-in and I think the response back then was, was pretty typical um, that uh, you would expect from many senior leadership teams is so long as you understand it and can implement it then and um, get some results then sure, sure thing um, but uh, my experience is you, know, you, you really need to understand it from the top down in the company to, to get the investment you need to deliver it um, and it was only um, never my uh, managing director actually um, came across a book called They Ask You Answer. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Certainly do, Mr. Sheridan. Yeah, all all my new employees yep, get exactly. copied in their uh, in their starting <laughs> box. <laughs> exactly. So it was it was whenever my in, um, my boss um, my managing director read that. Um, the light bulb. Well, I think as he described it, it was probably a, 
a penny drop moment that okay, this is what they've been talking about. Um, and I think and I think the way um, Michael Sheridan writes his book is um, so simple for people coming from a sales mindset to understand, um, which is why it resonates really yeah. well because I think in marketing we're very conscious of using um, early. It just joins it up, though, doesn't it? I mean, for those that haven't read it, yeah. I highly recommend you go out and buy it. Um, I, I I must have shares in his book collection myself for the amount of times I've bought it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a great exactly. guy. I mean, even just following him on LinkedIn, it's, it's some brilliant posts and some inspirational stuff. But certainly, it it makes sense, and that's the, that's the simplest thing mm-hmm. with marketing, isn't it? Is about actually we're like, okay, well, you know, what we're saying is people are asking these sorts of questions about our products and services. Why don't we just mm. tell them the answers uh, and kind of that's it yeah, in, its, exactly right. in its lowest form? We're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And I think when people realise that, it, yeah. And I think when people realise that, it's kind of it's as simple as that. You mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not make it that simple, Scott. We've both got you know we need to keep our jobs. Yeah. So uh, very complicated. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean the uh, the grass is in the execution of it, but conceptually to understand, yeah. I think once you sort of peel back the layers, as it were, you can say, okay, no, there's no there's no um, cheap wins with Martin. Yeah, but, but Martin, it, it, it gets bad names sometimes. Oh, so you're Martin. Oh, mm. oh, that's like you know, you're just trying to like persuade people or you know put out stuff that's not true. But like, well, no, actually, all we're trying to do is you know deliver um, you know the features and benefits of a product or service and how it's going to help you, and and that's it. Like if it's yes. not for you, that's fine. Like that's perfectly fine. It might be in the future, might not be, but. You know, it's right exactly. for somebody, and and as marketing teams and and uh, people that do this for a living, that's all we're trying to do. Really, is help. You know, we're just saying like, we have a solution to your problem. Would you like to yep. hear about it? Yes or no? Um, so yeah, exactly right. I guess it kind of leads me nicely onto my next question, really. Which like, like what if you got like a standout success? Uh, you know, either recently or in you know in your career that you think like where where marketing has you know really done something or changed something. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. Well, just I suppose it kind of follows on from, from what I was saying previously. Um, once once we had the buy-in from senior leadership, the really the question to us then became, well, what do you need to implement it? If if you had, you know, and I, not exactly, but you know, I can open check, but what what do you need to implement it? Because we can see exactly where you're coming from now, and it makes complete sense. And um, yeah, that that. Um, significant level of investment in the team made such a difference. So beginning of this year we then um, employed two new people on the team um, which was a content writer. Well first of all actually we hired a videographer um, and then a content writer which both came on within weeks of each other and and that this year has really enabled us to accelerate the um, quality and volume of content that we're putting out there um, in line with these frameworks like they ask you answer for example yeah um but, and this is you know, we've kind of stuck to the big five principle as much as we can um and i think it can be adapted to many industries um and for us it's it's definitely been very transformative so um just to from a results point of view um yeah from if you compare it to december um of last year uh, compared to the end of last month, you know, the um, even just the web sessions alone have doubled. Wow! Um, and um, likewise, the inbound leads have more than doubled since yeah. then as well. Um, 
and yeah, that just speaks to what it is to be very transparent and honest with your content. I think so, and, but also having that belief, you know, you know, like it's not instant. And I think yeah. a lot of companies, a lot of marketing people, they're they're worried because they generally want instant results or or are tasked with instant results from you know kind of less invested stakeholders and and actually you know we did a big piece of work on ourselves as an agency and and we we spent Mm. about 18 months completely transforming ourselves you know really buying into what we preach to clients uh, and did it for ourselves Mm. and you know 18 months of hard work but now like yourself we see constant inbound leads high quality kind of brands that we want to be working with you know I remember we wrote a wish list of brands that we'd love to work with and I think about uh, we did 50 and some of them were ambitious um, and to be fair yeah. we've already got 10 or 12 on our books and, and conversations with a couple of others and you know that's purely from believing in and sticking to your guns and so it's not instant success I think we could both say that to anyone listening like it is something that you've got to just believe in and keep going, but I, I promise you, and I'm sure you'll agree that it will work. Yeah, 100%. And the, the key of it is, is, is entirely in the execution of it. Um, you know, regardless of what framework or model you employ, you know, unless you believe in it, you can't really execute it. Yeah. And as you say, that, that's absolutely key to it. And yeah, that's what we've found is the case. This is, this is the framework we're going for. Right, this next piece of content does it fit the model? Does it fit it? Right. Yeah. Okay, it does. Next one, and it all comes down to that, uh, you know, trust really. Um, as we've as we've said, because I think once you really try and dig deep into it, um, as we said before, conceptually it's it's very very straightforward from answering people's questions, but you know, you can you can apply it to your everyday life whenever you're making buying decisions and yeah. You know, we're we're confronted with a, a a vast array of information at our fingertips, and what, really what we're trying to get to is the, the truest source of information, because you know, we've got decisions to make, and we'll make that decision based on what we feel to be true, because you know, that's what's going to get yeah. me ahead, really, isn't yeah, it? No, definitely. No, it's great. Um, so, I mean, it's not all glory, I guess, in marketing. I mean, is there what kind of what do you think have been the biggest challenges you've you've faced in in actually, you know, marketing a company like Midfix, like you know, very specific industry sectors, aren't there? So I'm sure there are some challenges. What what do you think you've faced? Sure, yeah, no, no, there's, there's, there's certainly challenges, unfortunately. <laughs> but hey, it would be boring if there wasn't. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, sort of from from my own experience, I suppose one thing to say is um, marketing people generally from a personality trait point of view tend to be quite open and creative people which are um, open to ideas yeah. um, that are perhaps different to what might be classic traditional. Um, so, you know, taking on new frameworks and ideas that come along generally for marketing people is not too difficult. But um, one thing I'll say is, one thing I've certainly learned is that we can't, we can't um, assume the same from every department and getting other departments to understand um, clearly what you're doing can be quite a challenge and that really in my opinion comes down to applying the principles that you do in marketing from a wider audience point of view but applying that internally as well 
yeah. build that level of trust inside the organisation. And you know, some um, some salespeople they get it straight away. Um, some just really struggle with it, and you know, it's not that's not specifically to do with that individual. It's just the way they've learned to do business is a particular way, and they're not looking at it from a marketing um, frame. Yeah. So, and I, and I think if you can. Um, take the same approach internally within your organization or from a question and point of view. Um, I've certainly seen it resonate with people a lot more there, but th- that really is a challenge, particularly getting that alignment across the and marketing teams. Um, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, why would you hire a full-time videographer, for example? Mm-hmm. Who does that? You know, we're not, we're not a three billion pound company that, well, you know, when you actually explain it and get to the crux of, the trust question, then it starts to make sense. But yeah, that from a challenging point of view, I'd say um, alignment across sales and marketing teams getting the level fine. If you yeah. apply the, uh, my experience being applying the principles that you do every day in marketing to wider audience, trying to apply that internally, which is quite difficult. No, that's great. And yeah, and you know, really insightful for for the listeners. So thanks for sharing that. I think everyone likes to talk about the positives, but I think we all need to be real to the uh, sometimes challenges that we face so um yeah. at this point in in the podcast I, I like to ask people um for some top tips so firstly i'm going to ask you what are your three top tips for marketing managers in our industry um so number one i'd say is from a um, messaging point of view stop talking about yourself if you're trying to convince people that you're the best <laughs> and talk about the problems that your product solves at least um, and then you'll at least hopefully get some more positive engagement from people um, number two is I'd, I'd say um, if you can get buy-in for inbound marketing across your teams um, and there is ways of doing that that we've discussed then um, it needs to be from the top down in the organisation it can't just be from, from marketing, it has to be from senior leadership right down to the to the cleaner. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, what was that? Two. <laughs> That's two. One to go. Um, num- number three. Um, well, again, coming back to your man experience here. If you if you're trying to get that buy-in that we've spoken about, books like they ask you answer. Um, you know, there is a number of models out there that have, have been quite successful. Um, but I'll particularly recommend that one for getting the wider organisation to understand it because it makes it so straightforward to understand conceptually. Um, I think you couldn't hand out enough copies of it. Yeah, perfect. So, uh, I don't know, my brain whirs, but when you mentioned about getting by and top-down all the way to the cleaner, it always reminds me of the, I'm sure you've heard it, but the, the quote from um, when uh, President Kennedy I think it was like 1960-something, he was went on a visit of NASA and he was walking around and he mm-hmm. saw a, a cleaner or janitor, as they call them, like just mopping yeah. the floor and he said, hi, I'm I'm Jack Kennedy. Um, what's your name? What do you do? And and the guy turned around and responded and said, um, oh, I helped to put a man on the moon, Mr. President. Um, and that's because 
the company and the, the ethos was top down. Like there, there was he he. That's what he truly believed in. He was part of the company and part of a, a team of people that are helping to put man on the moon. He wasn't a cleaner, you know. He's part of that team, and I think you know that that's always stands out as something that I'll always remember when when you talk about buy-in you know that is the epitome you know if you've got yeah, everybody believing the right, same yeah. thing it's, it's a powerful force and ultimately they put men on the moon so they obviously did did something right eh? um so yeah no, that's, that's quite i thought about a lot myself um absolutely right and i think and i think when you know getting that level of buy-in this is where marketing can play such a fundamental part and getting to a company's purpose 100 percent. yeah if you can get to that, then you know you get that uniform message throughout the organisation, and everybody knows the direction you go. It's definitely powerful. So, last sort of question, then, really, um, what are your three top marketing resources that you could recommend to people? Obviously, we've we've both mentioned uh, Marcus Sheridan's. They ask you answer, so I'm not going to let you have that. So we need three more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Well, I suppose the the first place that I learned the most about inbound marketing was from HubSpot Academy. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a wealth of resource there. There's, there's so much resource there. And you know, a lot of things even, like, we've mentioned multiple times, but a lot of things he's saying, you know, he's picked up things from um, HubSpot Academy and has distilled it into a framework. It's, it's There's so much information there. And so uh, number one place I would send people is, is HubSpot Academy. Um, another another great book that I've been um, reading recently, managed to come across it. It's a, a book called Donald uh, by um, a gentleman called Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand, okay. um, which is a fantastic book, really about um, getting clarity in in your message using the concepts of um, story and, and narrative to from the customer viewpoint to um, demonstrate through through the the words and the messaging that you use, how, how they can achieve transformation, and it's a, a fantastic book. And I'll add that again, to my it list. Works yeah. So well with inbound marketing. Hmm. Yeah, def- definitely one to add to your list. Um, and other resources, um, you know, personally, resources like YouTube. There's so much information on there. There's some, some great, great marketing speakers that put some fantastic content out on YouTube. Yeah, I've go there for a, for a lot of um, resource and yeah. insight in terms of picking up new trends and, and marketing insights. There's so much out there, so many speakers as well that you, yeah. you hardly know where to start. Yeah, no, it is a wealth. Of, uh, so, yeah, no, definitely, look, some great help there. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Scott, but before I let you go, I guess I just want to kind of say, like, what what's next for Midfix? What's the rest of the year look like and what, what secrets have we got in the uh, Evers that you can reveal today on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, so Midfix is has got some very ambitious growth plans, and um, I think uh, the the marketing that we're putting out there is only going to um, accelerate, continue to accelerate, and build as much trust as we can, so that uh, we can help our audience and our customers and our clients be the best at what they do. Perfect. Sounds exciting. I'll be watching with great interest. Um, look, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this afternoon. I hope I think there's some real insights there for, for those that are listening. And, uh, you know, if people want to find you, connect with you and, and have a chat, I guess LinkedIn probably best place to, to reach you. Yeah, like LinkedIn, I'm, I'm pretty um, active on, on LinkedIn in terms of uh, networking with people on there. So, yeah, best, best place to connect. 
Perfect. Well, I've no doubt some people will be doing that uh, in the near future. So enjoy the rest of your afternoon and uh, thanks again for joining me. Fantastic. Appreciate the time and uh, have a good afternoon. Thanks so much for listening to the Engine Room podcast and thank you to Scott for coming on and talking to us. You can connect with Scott, Rob and myself on LinkedIn. You can find our profile links in the description box below or you can find us at www.finally.agency.